Hello, Ozman. Ozman, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. Like, do you know what? I do like coming to South London. Like, even and I like. I'm looking at Crystal Palace. I like the fact that it is sort of fighting gentrification. Sort of. It's getting there. It's, it's going get- to happen, but it's slowly, slowly, slowly creeping this way. Yeah. Yeah. My I mean, part of London is still, I don't know, pockets of it. Still yeah. old South London. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you've got, you've got probably every man cinema across the road from us, mm-hmm. and that is, is pretty much as. Yeah, we've got the, we have these, we have these little, uh, these little gems. Yeah. Just to keep uh, the new arrivers. Uh, the new arrivers. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank, thank you. Tea, me. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Very much. Yeah, that's a bit of thanks, breakfast. Yeah, thank you. Nice little hot chocolate. So, how long? So, what I like to figure out right, is what start well how performers get their bug right yeah. so what was it like for you growing up what was my life growing up i don't know ah. uh, <laughs> it's fun i suppose i don't know i like to say it's a normal childhood but yeah bits of it was yeah but bits of it wasn't but for the most part so for those who do know or don't know i went into care uh, when I was quite young, I was with my mum, who eventually adopted us when I was 14, but I've been with her since I was three. So there's that side of my childhood, which is, I suppose, quite unusual. But then also at the same time, um, most, like for most children, it was quite an, it was quite a stable childhood. Once we were sort of taken to care, it was actually quite a stable childhood. And therefore, we just, I don't know, I suppose we just were a normal family. We just, it's like a slightly different dynamic and yeah. slightly different things going on. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Got two older brothers who I grew up with and we've also got a younger brother who lived with his adoptive family quite nearby. And we saw him quite a bit when we were growing up. And less so when we were adults, but that's just dynamics. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so within my family, it's just a normal, normal family. My mum's a teacher. And we just could just do normal family stuff. Parks, holidays in the countryside, which is a bit it. weird when you're not white children. Yes, yeah. But, yes. <laughs> but yeah, but just kind of, I don't know. I don't want to downplay it as being like all rosy, but most of the time it was. Yeah. I think that's important to say that. That's, do you know what? That's something that we've got in common then, because I'm also an adopt. I'm also an adoptee. Oh, cool, nice one. Um, so I was six weeks old when. Okay. Oh, well, I was taken into care immediately because yeah. that was at the behest of my birth mother. Yeah. And um, she, and about six weeks later, well, spent about six weeks in care. Mm-hmm. And as soon as my mum came, well, my mum and dad who raised me came yeah. and saw me. Yeah. They apparently pointed to mum. I was asleep, but then she held me. Yeah. I opened my eyes and I gave her a look to say, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> and she's like, this is the one that we want. Yeah. I thought that one. Right. So, how do you think it's, like, do you think it's affected you much, being adopted? This is just... Um, not, the, not the adoption side of it. No. To me, so when you're, when you're 14 and you get to be adopted and you get yeah. to be... We were quite late in adoption, but that's only because... You know, we were with our mum and she sort of, we'd been with her in care for about, I don't know, just trying to work it out, ages, like six years or so. Like, we went backwards and forwards a few times, but then it was kind of like, right, you're no longer going back to her, you're going to stay here, cool, fine. And then it, that was kind of, 
the norm. And then it was just kind of like, shall we just legalise and formalise this relationship? And that's a weird question to be asked sort of when you're nine. But, you know, me and my brothers were like, yeah, we'll have a talk about it. And we kind of went, should we stay? Uh, yeah. And that's it's essentially is what we did. And then, because adoption takes a while and there's things to do, it just took. That's why it didn't happen until I was, like, nearly 15. Um, but the, so that's but the, the, the growing up in a trauma, traumatic household, yeah. that's had the effect, yeah. not the, the adoption. I think no. the adoption, I don't know, people have different ideas about what adoption is, and yeah. I think, I'm, I'm glad I was adopted. Yeah. But also at the same time, I'm not a massive champion of adoption, like, yeah, I think everyone should adopt. I just think, it, I think it's really complicated, and I think it's really, I think it's, I think it's interesting. And I, I just don't know if people understand what it's like to be raised by people who are not your birth parents. Because yeah. it makes you just think about other stuff. Yeah. And it makes you think maybe about your birth parents. If you do know them or don't know them and you feel guilty. It's just, it's quite, mm. it's co- quite complicated. Yeah. But yeah, adoption for me is, I'm, I'm indifferent to it sometimes. Yeah. That's not, that to me, the, the actual adoption bit is the easy bit. Like yeah. it's, a, it's a non-thing. It's just that, it's, to me, it's just like admin. Mm. But, like, yeah. For me, it was like because of the situation yeah. that my birth mother was in. Yeah. I'm really glad that I did get adopted. So am I. I'm glad that we removed from our mum. You yeah. Know? I'm, I'm so glad that we. To me, I don't have any. Um, I don't feel bad about that. No. I just feel bad about other stuff. Yeah. That we had to kind of endure whilst we were with it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But yeah. But I do see your point that it is kind of seen as a bit of a do-gooder thing. Yeah, now, and it? it's kind of like it just. I mean, I mean, if you grow up in kind of chaos and if you can be removed from that chaos, that's a brilliant thing. But it's not. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not. I don't think it solves problems. It doesn't no. make life just instantly better. It's it's like it's an ongoing process. Right then, and the people that do do it, especially mm. when they're adopting kids later on in mm. life, later on in life, they. I don't think they always quite understand the emotional baggage yeah, of trauma yeah. that these kids have been through. I kind of think that's coming, I think that's kind of, I get the feeling that it's kind of, people are being made aware of that a bit more. Mm. Like if you adopt children, and maybe not necessarily, you know, babies, and if you're adopting children who experience like a care system, mm. And you know, a quite I don't even want to say old, old, but you know, if you if you're gonna have a five year old, a five year old, you know, has had a life. Yeah man, those are the, that's the formative years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? They've had a life and I just think, yeah, five is young and it's all they're all cute and all the rest of it, but and it might not even sometimes I don't think things necessarily kind of come to the surface until sometimes later on in life. And sometimes yeah. like when you know you, you hit your teens and like puberty kicks in like you just just things and just I don't know. It's an ongoing thing. Yeah. It's an ongoing thing. It is. Yeah. But so moving away from the adoption a little bit, mm. when did you get the bug for performing? When did I get the bug for performing? I don't even know. <laughs> just I don't just born with it. Because like to me I find it like so like I've been doing comedy for like ten years now, it'll be ten years sort of in April. And um, when I first started doing stand-up, I remember meeting people and they were like, I want to be a stand-up comedy, mm. like stand-up comedian, this is what I want to do. Mm. And I never had that bug, I never had that. And the people, I'd only been to a comedy club once before and I'd seen somebody on stage 
and it was we had it all right because a friend of mine helped out at a comedy club oh which one was it Covent Garden Comedy oh that's still going ages ago yeah Yeah. ages ago and um, and I remember watching comedy once and just going yeah do you know what I mean I wasn't like there was was no point where I was like this is what I want to do Mm. this was no point but there was always people that I'd met who were like they'd watch loads of like videos and like YouTube or people's hour specials and gone and like this is what I want I was like no, I have. To, I don't even know. So when I look at when I look at some people who've kind of had that, yeah, I think I don't have that. I was more interested in the writing side. Yes, that's what I'm more like. I like performing to a point. To a point, I like performing. But um, yeah, I don't really have that that bug. Mm. No, the bug. Okay, that's that's but actually really enjoy, interesting. I do enjoy it to a certain point, yeah. but then sometimes I'm just like, I, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. Like I don't. Sometimes I'm just like, this is just not. Yeah, so I've, I have an up and down relationship. It's, it is, well, it is a love and hate relationship, yeah. isn't it? Because it's not something you always want to do, mm. but you kind of have to sometimes do it, isn't it? Sometimes it can, and it, like if I don't do it sometimes, I'm just like, oh, come on, what are you doing? Like, and then I'll go and do a gig and it's another brilliant gig. And I'm like, ah, oh, I love this, this is brilliant. Why am I always turning around saying I want to give this up? I hate yeah. it. It's like... I don't know. I'll always do it. It's I will always do it, and I'll always moan about yeah. doing it as well. It's a bit of a me and my friends on the circuit. Mm. We sometimes say it's a bit like an abusive relationship. It's isn't really it? weird, like because you can get to a point where I think you get to a point where you know what you're doing and it's mm. quite good, but it's like you could do the same gig like five times a week in the mm. same spot with the same amount of people in the audience, and every gig will be different. Like yeah. you never quite crack it, no. which is which is good. But also it's just like, come on, do you know what I mean? Like you think you've got a joke and you think the audience has got it and then they're just like, no, okay, or you haven't quite got got it, mm. what you're trying to do with a joke and you're just like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I doing this? That's really yeah. humbling and nice to hear someone who's 10 years in actually feel oh, like it's a the same thing, yeah. It's a, like, I, I do, like, I do love it. I like, I don't know which part of it I like. I like the process, I like the writing of the joke sometimes. Yeah. And I like... The working out of the joke for me sometimes on my own at home and sometimes like you have to do it in front of the audience yeah. sometimes you're like oh this is kind of roughly what i'm gonna do and you just have to the, the, to me i think the audience the audience will let me know what i'm yeah. doing with, with, with the joke yeah that's true and they'll, right? they'll tell you and they'll tell you by laughing or not laughing it's just simple as that yeah and that's it. it's one of those things where you cannot do it mm. it's a weird thing you cannot do it without telling other people well, about doing it in front of other people yeah isn't yeah it? like i can i i know in a way i know how to write a joke for me like i know this will this will work with the audience mm. but sometimes it's just like sometimes it's just like what's the punchline yeah or what's the setup like you have a punchline What's the setup to this joke? Yes. Yeah. Or where's the story got where yeah, is the story? Yeah, going? what is this what are we doing with this? Like what are you doing? Like yeah. you've gone on stage, what are you doing what are you doing with this piece of material? So can you remember your first gig? My first gig was at the end of I did a comedy course. Nice, same here. Did, uh, the one at City Lit. See um is that did, um twelve weeks it's it's like an uh, adult education college off, yeah. off of Holborn, and it's I think it's a really good place. Yeah. Like Tez Ilias did his one as well. Yeah. One. I'm not sure if I meant to mention Tez doing a comedy course, but he's, <laughs> he was on the one just before me. He was on the one just before me. And it's a really good course, 
And so at the end of that comedy course, we did like a showcase. Yeah. And for that, technically, I think that was my first gig, technically. But then the first gig on the circuit, I'm not sure. Mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Just it might have been somebody who. But that, technically, that I suppose that's my first one, mm. the one at the end of the show. Thing. And that was quite nice. Yeah. Because it's like just your mates and mm. friends of friends who've just done this course. Mm. So and everyone is really supportive. Yeah. And it's just quite nice, and it was a, it was it was, it was good. I did quite. I did. See, I didn't invite loads of mates down to my mm. show because I just invited one, mm. and because I wanted the majority. Cause that wasn't actually my first gig. Mm. That was because um, after the second week of the comedy course, I was like, Do you know, what? I don't want to bomb at the showcase, mm. so I took myself off to open mic to open mics from there. Um, Where did you do your course? Um, I did it at City Academy with um, the Kate Smurfweight one. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So okay. I did it. It's the one. In, it was one in Kings Cross. It was really. It was. It was really good. Like just as a way as a means to like get me to get up on the stage mm. and do it because mm. for me it was like one of those things where I'm like oh I could do this yeah. but if I didn't have the course yeah, yeah. I don't think the course really taught me much I don't think it does. to me I found that it didn't teach my one it didn't teach you how to be funny it just no. taught you some like like techniques yeah like maybe how to kind of just the idea of like you need five minutes yeah um also, here's the microphone, move the mic stand. Just little yeah. bits like that. And just like gives you the confidence, I suppose, for performing in front of a group of people before you go into... And kind of a group of people that you know, you kind of get to know over yeah. kind of 12 weeks. And everyone's in the same... Well, everyone's in the same boat. And then it's kind of like... Because out of that comedy course, I'm the only one who still does comedy. There's only two of us who are doing that at really? the moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was... Um, so there was like... There was like half of the group who kind of gave up after the course. And some of them had done the courses before. Yeah. And um, and then a few of us went out and just did like comedy. Yeah. And then after about a year, I think I, I was like the only one. Mm. I just kind of kind of like, this is, I, I know what I'm doing here. Yeah. And there were moments where it's just like, um, not, you have a bad gig, but I was just like, actually, some people would have a bad gig. Mm. And, get the fear and not go back yeah <laughs> and i'll be like yeah but i've had enough good things before and i had a bad thing so yeah actually yeah you're, you're right and i think the more as uh, some I'm, i am speaking as a newbie here but mm. i think the more you do it the more you are able to deal with the bad gigs a lot better yeah you just let it go drop it off like yeah. drop it off uh, so, how much of your YouTube series, because I've watched all four episodes, I've actually watched all four episodes. <laughs> four episodes. Yeah. How, mu- how much yeah. of it is based on your real life? I think all of it. Nice. I'm trying to think of those episodes. Yeah, I think all of it. I love the episode with the ironing. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is the most cathartic thing, even, though my, even if my mum, who may or may not listen to this, yeah. will say he never fucking irons. Yeah, but I like, iron. it's. It is one of the most it is one of the most cathartic things. Yeah. And so how did you come up with the concept? I wanted to do this thing where I'll um, put a link to it in the description. Alright, cool, yeah. thank you very much. Um, I wanted to do this thing where I kinda like the idea of narrative mm. but like short form. 
Mm. So like everyone's doing like sketches on their phones for like just like characters. Yeah. Like, I'm not really interested in that. Like no. for me, I'd rather just tell a story. And I've just kind of like the idea of just doing a story for just like a page. So yeah. like when you write a script, and if you write a like if you write a sitcom script, mm. like they tell you that you need to have three jokes per page. So a page is a minute. So if you have three jokes per page, and with comedy you can have two verbal jokes, and you could, because TV is a visual, mm. you can just have a visual joke as well. So I quite like the idea of just having, it's kind of, to me, it was like a writing exercise. Yeah. Which is more of a writing exercise, which we ended up filming. Yeah. And so it's just like, just do, get a sto- tell a story in a minute. Mm. Get all the points that you want to get across in a minute. And it's just that, what it is yeah and just on my life and, and it was in my flat and it was just kind of like and it's kind of all the stuff that i can't i wrote i wrote 10 pages and we only ended up doing four yeah so i hope that we would do more and i might do we might do more, we might yeah. do more but i might just do something else okay as well. but yeah but there was some really like really subtle there's some really subtle messages in there like when you were talking about challenging the patriarchy and you're trying to turn the light switch on yeah. trying to turn the light switch on and off. I thought that was absolutely cheating. <laughs> it's genius. just like little silly bits. It's just yeah, I just like to have a laugh in it. Yeah, well that's that's what this is really all about, yeah. isn't it? Um so how long have you been doing your podcast for? My adoption one. Yeah, like a parentheses. I started yeah. it like twenty eighteen. I've recorded a few episodes last year which we didn't put out because I was too busy. So yeah, I started that Mm, yeah, like spring 2018. Mm. Yeah. Nice. So how did that come about? I wanted to do a podcast, but I didn't want to do a comedy podcast. And because um, I was sort of a done my show, which is the Radio 4 series, but I'd also done it, like the end of the show was, was a version of the Radio 4 series. Mm. It's like the, the stage show, I Yeah. And that was about being in care and being adopted. So I thought, actually, why don't I just talk to... Because obviously, yeah, we, I was adopted when I was quite old. But also, there's stuff that you don't know about. Yeah. Like, what do social workers do? Like, what is, like, what happens? Do you know what I mean? And just talk to various people who kind of work in sort of social, like childcare, mm. like not childcare, child protection. I suppose yeah. that's what it is for. And adoption. Just, it, it, it just, yeah, just different, different perspectives of something that I suppose that. Unless that is your life, you don't know about. Yeah. And even if it is your life, you still don't know because no. it's just such a vast thing. Yeah. yeah. See, I work in a school full time. Yeah. As a learning, as a learning mentor, so yeah. I get a lot of kids who mm. do come from my backgrounds who do yeah. have social work and that, blah, blah. Mm. But it's such a multi-layered cake, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a difficult. It's just, it's really complicated, and no one quite knows what the deal is. And it's, I think kids who have that experience is quite. I think if that is your experience, that's quite challenging anyway, as yeah. a young person, because I suppose to the outside world it shows, I don't know, maybe not, maybe, that there's something wrong at home, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's a lot for youngsters to carry. Mm. Like, for me, we did have social workers. Mm. So I can say that much, mm. but they were, it wasn't because anything bad was really going mm. on. It was just because it's the adoption social worker. Yeah. So even yeah. when I say to kids, oh, yeah. I've had a social worker yeah. before, it's 
I know deep, deep down, even though I'm trying it's to make them it's slightly different, yeah. Isn't it? yeah. Even though I'm trying to make them feel like feel like they can speak mm. to me and open up to me because yeah. we're in we've had that sort of surface level yeah. situation. Yeah. It's hard for me because I know that deep down, yeah, they're going through something completely different than what I'm going yeah. through. Yeah, it's tough. But you still got to have that surface level thing so that they can actually open up. Yeah, yeah. So have you worked with kids before? No. Ah. No, 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 no. <laughs> My mum was a teacher. My nice. Mom was, um, like a, was a nursery teacher, but no, I'm not. I'm not a kid. I like children, but I don't want to work with them. Yeah, it's fair enough. It's a job. Lucky it's a. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky it's a job. Yeah. Like, I don't really want that. Do you know what I? I completely, I completely respect that. No, I respect <laughs> people who do. Like. I think it's just, I think it's tough. Yeah. Like it can be rewarding, but it's also just like, yeah. it's tough. So, so, when did you do your Edinburgh show? Uh, I did my Edinburgh show in 2017. 2017. Yeah. How did you find, how did you find the whole experience of being in it, of the festival? The festival was long. Yeah. So I've done three, so I've done three back to back. So I went up, what are we now? 2020 or now? <laughs> So I think in 2014, I went up just for a week, mm-hmm. just to just check it out. Yeah. And just go see lots of stuff. And then in 2015, I went up and did my own solo show for like 40 minutes. But also, I didn't really, I just didn't really write the show. So it was actually turned out to be like 20 minutes. It was yeah. like a bit of a, it was a bit of a, um, Bit shit, but it was quite it was such a steep it's like it's a massive learning curve. Yeah. Like really steep, especially when you haven't prepared yourself. And then twenty sixteen I was part of AAA. Nice. With Francis Foster and Rob Monkey. Oh so we yeah. had a brilliant time. Yeah, oh. brilliant time. Rob's lovely, isn't it? Such a great so he was so like I think I did yeah, I was on first like so Rob was the compare. Yeah. I was kind of on first and then Francis closed. But yeah, we had a brilliant time. Such a great such a great time for them two guys, it was brilliant. And then 2017 I did my solo hour, Black Woman, which was alright. Mm. It was nice, like, I had it alright time. Yeah. But it's long, it's tiring. It's tiring. Yeah, it is. So where do you think the festival itself is going? I like asking this question because I've got my views on it as someone that's done it once before and is doing it again this year. Where do you think it's headed? You think it's headed in a positive direction or...? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Positive for who? I don't know. For, positive. for acts? It depends. It really depends. I always kind of think... A couple of years somebody said to me, um, it's a trade show. Yeah. Actually. It depends. It really depends who you are and who... what your... what your trying to get out of it. Yeah. And to me, I treat it like a trade show. Yeah, it is. Like I am near to sell. And I sold an idea and I got an idea and I got a Radio 4 series. It's that, it's that. Mm. And I don't mean that in a, I just kind of think, yeah, to me I treat it like a trade show. Mm. Me, it's like, I, I went up there with a night, I went up mm. there with Two of my mates, we did a mm. we did a we did a triple hander split mm. show. So I, think, I that's, think it's fun. I think yeah. I think you have to I think you have to decide what it is that you want to do. Yeah. And I don't know. I know I know some people who I've been doing comedy with, like done comedy at like the same time mm. as me, and have gone up like pretty much like every year and done like an hour of show. Yeah. And don't have agents. 
Yeah. I'll just go do loads of stuff. And I'm like, but like, why are you doing that? Like, yeah. Not like knocking it, but it's like, but why? Like, what are you? What are you getting out of this? What is your end goal? Yeah. With this? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What's the like? Who? At the end of the day, who cares that you've done five album shows? Yeah. Like really. Apart from other acts, apart That's from right. only a small amount of acts, you just care. You're like, yeah, but did, who came to see you do those? Yeah. Like, what did you, did you get something? Because like, to me, I always kind of not that. I think I, I think you kind of I don't know. I treat it like a job. Yeah. And it's like you're spending a lot of money. So like you're spending a lot of money. And yeah. There comes a point where I think you have to decide if you're treating it like a hobby. Yeah. Or a job. And it's, it's just, and if you treat it like a job, then you need to get work. Yeah, that's right. Don't, like, because it's such an expensive thing to do. Yeah. But even, to, like, the free fringe is not free. Oh, God, no. Do you know what I mean? It's free for the audience if they don't want to give you any money. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? It. It's not free, like, in terms of the acts. So, like, in a way, the free fringe can be, like, the cheapest way to put on a show. But it's also, like, a lot of hard work you have to put into it. Because you're flying your own show. Like, mm. that, that side of it, that hustle side... So when I did my hour show, I did it at a paid venue. I didn't have to do any of that. Like, yeah, I paid up, like, I paid money for that. Like, a lot of bloody money. <laughs> and I got something out of it at the end yeah. of the day. But also, at the same time, it's like, I was so glad that I didn't have to do that. That you don't have to turn around and think, I hope there's people going to come into the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all this kind of... It's, it's, enough, it's enough to be getting a lot. And Edinburgh's, like, it's mad. Yeah. It's like, the whole thing, the whole experience is mad. And I think it's really mad for acts, and it's like there's so much pressure. It's just like it's such the, the amount of emotions that you're going through mm. in a day. Forget about a, a week and a month. It's just like it's it's relentless. It's just like so. What do I? I don't know. I think there will always. I think the way that comedy works at the moment is there's always new acts that will come in and see Edinburgh as the thing. Yeah. It's like we, I need to go do it. Out. Like, I remember like. I'd not even done, I'd been maybe the young block a year, two years, and then you'd meet new acts who were like, I'm going to do an hour, you're like, like seriously, what are you talking about? Right. Like, just so, so that I can say that I've done an hour, you're like, okay, cool, go and do it. Like, where are they now? They don't do comedy. Yeah. This is like, I think you have to, it does make you a good comic if you can go and do 100 gigs in a month mm. but that's a lot of gigs and it's quite tiring and I like the idea of like doing some gigs but also thinking about your work of course do you know what I mean right like you can you can you can write a joke and you can so yeah that's the end of part one join us again for part two Good.